For 40 years, I've walked the line between worlds and am well-versed in death. But I want to have faith in humans. Give me something to believe in. Earth below me, sky above me, fire within me. Brought to you by UPRN Network, I'm Trish Moe, and this is The Missing Piece. What a night. Good evening, New Orleans. I'm your host, Trish, and this is The Missing Piece. Um, it is Mo Monday. I am back. And um, I know I've had kind of a rough, rough past, uh, gosh, like six months since I, well, I guess it was like April that I got sick again. Um, anyways, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. It is Monday, November 14th. We're broadcasting live from New Orleans, 105.3 FM and United Public Radio Network. Um, I would also like to thank um, Carnation for sponsoring me. That's very important as well as all of my listeners, the amount of support I have received this year and the amount my channel has grown is crazy, and I'm so, I'm excited. Um, again, I'm I've been trying to get my my website and my forms and everything in hell. I swear, I hate the administrative part of anything online, but it's a necessarily necessary evil. So um, we're getting that worked out. People can. Um, just fill out uh, a contact form online to request to be on my show, um, be a guest on my show, or to interview me as well. So I have that up and running shortly. I have said that over and over and I, because I created like four websites because I'm, you know, I'm a perfectionist in that sense. So moving on tonight, I am going to do so here's what's been happening, right? I've never actually shared these before because I didn't think it was something that was meant for the collective necessarily because a lot of times it only um, was relevant and synchronized in my own life. But this past week, I, I've gotten tons of messages, like more so for the collective. So so I, I thought I would start sharing those. Yes, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Uh, well, trying to be the boss. It's, it's not working necessarily. <laughs> um. So, I um, what have I doing? Been doing? Oh, yes. This ghost app. I probably two weeks ago, really started um, popping up. I didn't even know I still had this on my phone. It was it was one that um, I don't usually use these type of tools. And um, a few months ago, I just got a, uh, a notification that I had, it said the Real Ghost, uh, Real Ghost Detector app is what it's called actually. And so, and I'm turning it on right now, by the way. Um, you can download it. It's a free app. Um, I am. I apologize. I do not know who created this because, oh, see, it says there's like a blue ghost, right? Oh, whoa, no, sorry. Right behind me somewhere. Um, anyways, so I started getting these messages 
crazy stuff. Like, here, just a second. Let me turn that off real quick. I will show you what I have just in the last, uh, the last week, because this might be relevant to someone. And it is uh, a lot of the time in, in language or vocabulary that is not of this era. So sometimes they, I, I have to look things up and, and look up definitions because um, I don't even know what half these things mean. Um, Okay, so this was on Wednesday, for instance. All of a sudden, it comes on. I get Zendavest reportable letter bonum. See, if anybody knows what any of that means, maybe it's in another language. I don't know. I haven't looked that one up. I look a lot of them up, but some, but, but it's just past uh, this past week during the lunar eclipse. I assume there's a lot of crazy energy, and I got all of these messages, and so. Um, that is one thing that, that I'm going to start sharing on my other channel as well. And, um, let's see. So Chalcostigma, I don't even know. I don't know what that means. We should, should see what that means. Um, but sometimes, oh my gosh, that's a space shuttle, right? Well, it's two things. I just saw a space shuttle. Maybe I'm imagining things. It's also a hummingbird. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, and a lot of times, again, it, it's like mixed messages. It's not the normal way that I, I receive messages from spirit. So um, <laughs> I don't know. That's It's a... Zendavest, like, see, I don't, I don't know what that is. Tum Tumefaction. <laughs> I should, I should have like sight word Monday. Um, yeah, I did too, Tanner. You can come on and talk to me if you want. <laughs> um, it's called here. I'll put it in the. Um, it is called real ghost. Hector. <clears throat> um, and that is, it, I've had it forever. It's not, you know, it's a pretty simple, basic, uh, yeah, real ghost detector. Oh my gosh, whoops, sorry. I just meant to comment as myself. Okay, so that is the app right now. Wow, there's like rocket ships on it. So it does have ads, but sometimes, here's what you have to realize in, uh, well, at least for me, in mediumship and, and getting messages in this way, sometimes the ads are very relevant too. Like what whatever they have playing on them um, might be relevant in, in the story or 
or whatever that you're getting. I should have brought my, I should have had my, um, my iPad so I could also, um, interact from that as well. So, okay. Let me see. But that the problem is, I don't know. I need like a translator. Hey, that's what I could do. I could have like, <laughs> I could have a translator. Okay. My next word. Um, hold on, Tanner. I'll message you. Um, my next word is, I'm going to type it in that these are sight words. This is right now. This is live. Like this. This is. Um, definition. And that is from a blue. Here's my next one. Um, infinity eight ball. It's giving me an ad for a pool. Um, a pool game, I guess. That's what that would be. Let me, uh, okay, if anybody knows what sparganium is, because I certainly don't. Unmemorable is the next one. So MB, wow, that's a, ah, uh, I haven't, I had an echo. That's, that's kind of relevant, I think. Okay, so I'm trying not to echo here. Okay, this is this is relevant in itself. So here shortly, um, I Tanner Rutledge uh, interviewed me. Oh my gosh, it was like probably um, a month ago now. 
maybe. I know it was be it was before Halloween. Um but our last messages were um were about this app actually and was me I had messaged him because he's also a personal trainer. Um and this app gave me information about my own health. I'm hypoglycemic and my blood sugar was dropping, which I get messages like that from, from spirit all the time um, in my surrounding. And so I, I had gotten, you know, a message like that. And I was, I was telling Tanner this because um, I thought that was really interesting, you know, that it would come through on uh, kind of a, a, a ghost app like that on the, on the iPhone. And so that was my last mes message to him on, oh my gosh, it would have been October 20, yeah, October 26th. Um, so here we are a few weeks later and he just happened to tune in my show. And here I am, like all of a sudden, um, I think to do something with this ghost app i don't even know why like that's not what i was planning on doing tonight so it's out of the blue um and and that's what uh that's what came up so david hope hello from west texas i don't know why i'm freezing like my my computer is uh frozen okay hi tanner hey how's it going has it really been that long yeah it's i, I was oh, like wow. is it it has been over a month what but when i went <laughs> to send you the link that's when i saw that the last message message i sent you was about this like ghost app detector oh my gosh there's so many words coming up so i'm gonna start <laughs> typing them in the, in the box so mb like the letter m and b i don't know if that's an initial or i could clarify that um the real ghost detector david that's what it's called so i have and what's crazy about this is Again, I don't know what compelled me to use this online. Oh my But there's weird ads that keep coming up. Like this is some uh karaoke karaoke ads. So MB <laughs> uh Bly Blygia. I'm I apologize, Tanner. I didn't even introduce oh, yeah. you. I'm sorry. You're good. So <laughs> You can you can introduce yourself, your your yeah. uh, podcast and everything, which is amazing. Yeah, thank you. I actually uh, I recently took that down, and I'm uh, focusing on my other platform, Writing Fright. So I, for nice. 20 years, I've investigated the paranormal. Uh, I was a licensed private investigator before then. Uh, worked with law enforcement, worked with uh, attorneys, tracking down missing persons, doing. Um, investigations for child welfare, child abuse, uh, basically everything over uh, over a 15-year period that I could stick my nose into, I did, uh, including the paranormal. So uh, for 20 years, I've investigated the paranormal. And um, yeah, I started a podcast two years ago called Ghost Hunter Advice. I just wanted a resource out there for people 
um, that I didn't have. I learned a lot of things the hard way, made a lot of mistakes, did a lot of things that were honestly pretty reckless and just wanted something to, uh, to help people avoid that. <laughs> uh, what so do you think you did that was reckless? Oh God. Um, let's see. Breaking, breaking into places to investigate when I was a teenager. That was, oh, yeah. that was that one. I think everybody does that at some point. I'm not. I was going to say, I think that was a really big thing back in the day. Now places have started, you know, adding, security and and all those nonsense that no just kidding that's not nonsense but <laughs> <laughs> it's nonsense i mean it keeps it but, that when you're supposed to in there but right yeah, but no, but i think hot. a lot now that paranormal <laughs> activity is more popular i think it's it's the security's increased i would say <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, we also tried some stuff with different cleansings and different stuff that i had no business doing yeah no um, that's that's not good yeah. And so that was uh, that was interesting, trying different things from different religions, trying different things to see, like, what works, what doesn't, trying to get to the bottom of why certain things work in certain situations and why they didn't, um, trying to push boundaries and get to get catalogs. And uh, I think <laughs> last week, yeah, trying to catalog everything and put a, put a nice little label on it. Um, <laughs> they like to call it exploring. <laughs> yeah, urban exploring. That's that's the term. Uh, back when then, we were cool with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not an adventure; it's a felony. But right. a... <laughs> that adventure might be prison, but you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's a whole other oranges than they were back Sorry. Oh my god! So this ad, this this ad comes on again, like right when you said that. I don't know what that. I don't know what these words are tonight. Like, I don't even, it's not in my vocabulary. You're channeling okay. like a, a fitness or a fitness, a, a physics professor. I don't even know. No, sparganium, okay, is that just, it was up a little bit ago. That's actually a genus of flowering plants. Uh, huh. Temperate regions, it's a, Burr, American burr reed perennial plant found in the United States of America and Canada. It resembles grass. So you're channeling a horticulturalist. If I can right. That. Why is this? Wait, wait. Oh, here. This is, it's from Michigan, Lake Superior, <laughs> Minnesota, Ontario, Wisconsin, Northern Michigan is where that could be found. And um, the New England area. So sandpapery hammered diner that hemo proteus and see this is it's stuff that's never happened with this app before it just started <laughs> happening a few weeks ago and i'm like what are you trying to tell me because then it would it would mention other countries and and, and i'm usually very good at being able to identify and communicate with what is giving me this information but maybe it's different it's like an interference it you could be I mean? like, like a lot of these apps have uh they have an algorithm uh that's meant to like make people explore more but it'll just push out random words since it's been happening two weeks ago hmm. i'd be interested to uh to get into it the app and check and see when it updated yeah i was gonna say it happens but it happens when like 
I could be in the middle of nowhere with no Wi-Fi. I could be have zero cell phone signal on airplane mode, whatever. And it's usually relevant to something that's happening in two weeks. Huh. That's super interesting. Unless it's directly for me, you know, like the um, like the blood sugar thing and stuff. Sometimes mm -hmm. that happens a lot too. Um, oh, Australian. Aust thank you. So you're Australian, huh? I wonder if MB are your initials. I don't know what what this. Whoever's communicating with me is like, I don't know, people in this in 2022 are brain dead because they don't know what these words mean. And, um, oh, they said manageable. Ah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We didn't have the same education as you. It's like okay, certain so things are so much better, but language is not one of them. So, okay, so Hamoproteus is a genus of something that are parasitic in birds, reptiles, and amphibians. It derives from the Greek word hymo, which is blood. So it's avian, an avian parasite, a bird parasite. Bird. <laughs> huh. See, this is what I would do, but like I would just give out muscle names because that's all I've got. Uh, and just mess with people that were on the app. It's like, oh, yeah, check this out. La Latimus Dorsey. <laughs> um, what does this word mean? That's a children's book author. I don't know who she is. Laura Riesel, Colorado-based children author. For oh, for about human rights. Hmm. That's interesting. Infinity, eight ball. So. With all of the new, the modern technology in, in paranormal research, because it's, it's actually become a very big thing with universities and science journals and things like that. Um, they tend to discredit, uh, not discredit, but disregard any evidence based on you know well from from mediumship anyways based on people just contacting family members etc things like that because they're more interested in the scientific approach there's grants out there now by publishing com companies and such for specific afterlife communication um studies um do you i guess what if any tools have you ever used in investigations and what do you think is the most effective oh this is fun um uh everything <laughs> uh so like I've, I've done this for a while and there's um 
through these old tactics because we've been doing this for over over 100 years uh, specifically trying to use science to to investigate the paranormal specifically spirits and mediumship so i've used everything from the old school putting flour down on the floor in places where we believe a spirit might have been walking through to see if the uh to see if the flower is disturbed uh we've used uh more high tech hang on with infrared motion detectors to do that uh, we use various types of field meters and EMF detectors, including like REM pods and uh, different devices that basically take in the uh, the ambient electromagnetic field of an area and uh, will give us an idea if something passes through there. Probably huh. the most effective that I've found in doing that, and these aren't ghost detectors. There's no such thing as a ghost detector that detects a spirit. Uh, what we do is basically just try to um get a reading on as as many environmental um points of data as possible so barometric pressure temperature humidity the electromagnetic field of an area we'll try to control what variables that we can we'll try to keep things the same as as they are when the manifestation takes place and then sometimes we'll even pump energy into an area to see if it's metabolized and uh converted right, into well a usable energy <laughs> What is, how do you, what does that mean? Okay, so um, think of, uh, well, from, from a fitness point of view. So we eat food. Uh, the food is broken down by our metabolism. It's metabolized into different, uh, different things that our body can use. Basically, it ends up eventually becoming things like glycogen that's broken down and used to form ATP molecules, uh, which are used to fire muscle fibers. So the leading theory in how ghosts manifest is they draw energy in from the area around them uh, and convert it to something usable so that they can manifest to actually move an item or or communicate oh. or do whatever they need to to interact with us uh, and the physical environment around them. Um, so I call it metabolizing because it's basically basically the same thing that we do with food. Um, Interesting. And just a term that I that I, that I started using, but. Um, yeah, so we uh, we'll do different things like that just to see how things are working, uh, and uh, and if it works that way. And with electromagnetic field detectors, um, that's probably one of my favorite pieces, just as far as like ways to analyze what's around the environment. We also use Geiger counters, um, thermal cameras, uh, different things to uh, to measure, you know, ambient heat and ambient temperature of a room. What um, is a Geiger counter for people that don't know? Oh. Uh, Geiger counter uh, measures, uh, let's see, this one was uh, gamma radiation in, a, okay. in an area. Generally, it's it's flatlined or super low. Sometimes it would spike up. I honestly don't believe that uh, that particular spectrum was affected. I think it's just something screwing with the equipment. But um, with, uh, with EMF, EMF meters, specifically a natural EMF meter, uh, it's able to basically take the entire room into account. And if something like if I walk into a room, it sets it off. So if we set a camera up, we set uh, different things in the in there to monitor the room while it's in there. If it goes off at the same time, there's a manifestation, a voice or a shadow. It just gives us another correlating piece of data um, to say, hey, we, we think this is happening and this is why it's happening. Now, that's different than the ones you see on TV where people are walking around, waving it around. Those things have a range of about 10 feet, and it looks more like a flashlight than a uh, than like a field. So an interesting thing, I mean, as you said that, 
maybe that's what this has been doing because right when I said explain, um, you know, metabolizing in a, in a, oh my gosh, no, sorry everyone, there's there's a uh, little spam people in the <laughs> in the chat room there. There's been a few of them. So, anyways. Um, Right as you, oh my goodness. So right as you were saying that, it said knee, I got, I was about to say, I just got really cold. So obviously this comes on when there is a spirit directly around me on the, um, usually there's multiple and then different colors, which means different, what are the different colors mean? You told me once as far as the, because see, I don't use anything. I don't use any of these. I don't, um, is it the different, is it? how strong their frequency is i don't think Do so think so this is uh when we get into like the, the technical part of it the if anybody is out here doing this seriously the, the answer is always i have no idea um that's what that's why i'm looking but uh what we've noticed and what it appears to be is uh just however the the electromagnetic field of an area is disrupted so i don't believe that it is the spirit itself um, i think that when it's trying to manifest one of the things that's moved and disturbed is the natural em field of the area and that's what we're picking up on the devices huh kind of like uh so if you if you use a rim pod like the the, the base level of this is a rim pod uh, it's an antenna, and it measures static energy in an area. So uh, I can't remember if it's low-frequency EMF. But basically, if you put your hand anywhere near the antenna, you're disrupting the static field, and it's not really picking up your hand. It's picking up the energy in your hand and how it's interacting with the static and electromagnetic field around that device. I think it works about the same way for ghosts. Now, obviously, they're not hard. They're not you know, physical but right. uh, they, they are actually interacting with something on a level when they're when they're peeking through to however you want to term it, however you want to look at it and what it looks like in your head, whether it's someone moving a shower curtain over and there's the ripples through the curtain, or if we're talking about like dimensional <gasps> areas and some... <laughs> Tanner, that happened to me this morning. Stop it. It's like this this is channeling you or something. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> So that's exactly what happened. So this thing said knee, like it, it spelled out knee on this. I'm taking screenshots of the, as it's telling me words. And I got really cold then. And that's basically where it was. And it said intercellular and all these things, like as before you were saying them actually. So that was interesting. Hmm. Um, but then um, this morning I, uh, you know, I was getting ready for work. I went to brush my teeth. I always close the shower curtain because uh, I don't know, I'm OCD and it bothers me when it's just left open in my bathroom. And it kept opening like by itself. I mean, I'm surrounded by spirits all the time. So this isn't, this isn't new to me, but it was like a thing that purposely made me pay attention to, you know, because this hasn't happened in a lot. I mean, I've, I've had shower curtains move and do all kinds of things, but this was like, like I, intentionally remember everything closing it and i came back and it was open i'm like okay i i thought maybe i like forgot or didn't or whatever the last time i was in there i closed it again right and then i'm staying there and like i don't know 
walk three feet away to get my toothbrush or whatever and come back and and i i stand up you know and see behind me in the mirror and it's open again and i'm like okay but anyways the fact that you said that is obviously <laughs> now that's interesting like um i have a, a similar place in uh in, in the the room that i use for a studio i'll always forget to turn the light off and then i'll come back in and it's off like i know that i left it on and it's not an easy light switch to flip, but the switch is down, the lights are off, and I'm like, whatever, thanks. I, <laughs> I again, it. with the lights, I was so excited. The one time everybody always says that I don't have enough. Oh, now it works. Now it works. See, now it's making me a liar. I was just going to say, <laughs> I put this this like bright ring light thing on, on my um, computer, and it died automatically right after I oh, put no. it up, like right after I started my show. And... And I was like, okay, well, obviously something drained it. Now it works. So that's awesome. Yeah, mine plugs in. I had totally forgot to turn it on. And I was like, why am I looking so red? Oh, that's wow. why. There we go. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. David says, I don't know what this is. I don't know what anything oh, yeah. is because I don't use any. <laughs> For, ask whatever questions you want. So EMF pump, I use them. Uh, I have used them in the past. Uh, like I said, when we're pumping energy into an area to see if it'll be used or to see if it'll trigger a manifestation. I do not use them now. I, uh, I think I talked to you about this before. I'm extremely sensitive to electromagnetic fields. Uh, I get ill. You know, um, when we're going in, when we're investigating, the first thing we do is try to look for a natural explanation. Uh, we had a case not too long ago where there were feelings of dread in the hallway. People actually saw things moving down this hallway. And when I stepped into it, I got sick. I got dizzy, had to hold onto the wall, thought that I was going to throw up. I was like, you know what? Let's go down to the basement and check this out. They had a DUI, uh, DUI, probably at the time they were putting it together. Yeah, they had a DIY uh, fuse box Ooh, in the basement. that's too, though, DUI. Be careful drinking <laughs> yeah. and driving out there. Yes. Um, so they had uh, they had done their own fuse box, and it was it was a mess. And when we we took the equipment down there, everything was just it just buried the needle. Uh, so I was like, okay, you have a, a ton of uh, ambient EMF energy. It causes hallucinations. It interacts with the uh, the prefrontal cortex, causes hallucinations, feelings of dread, uh, feelings of paranoia, and long term uh, long term effects could lead to some pretty serious health stuff. Especially since they had kids in the in the house, and it's also the reason the animals are staying away from it. So they got that fixed. House not haunted. Case closed. Uh, but to, to a long way around to talk about the EM pump. Uh, I do not use them for that reason because I, I do get sick whenever we pump too much into the uh, uh, into the area. That's, huh. So do you think that, for instance, um, and I'm, I'm moving, by the way, because obviously my neighborhoods, well, for anyone who's sensitive to, to EMF, um, I live by like two towers, pretty, pretty close to two major towers and a power grid. Um, and then there's also, you know, lakes and a river and um, a, like train tracks. So all of that energy, um, you know, I started, when I started talking to people in the general region where I live, 
they talk about all these health problems. You know, everybody here has gotten like cancer and tumors and all these things. And of course the city says, no, 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 you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. We're not, we're not killing you slowly. But um, <laughs> the only reason I, I, it doesn't affect me as much, obviously, is because I, I purposely do things, you know, like we talked about before to raise my vibration, raise my, I eat healthy. You know, I go out in nature a lot. I get away from the city. I, um, I really have to work hard to do that, but, but a lot of people here don't, you know, they, some people are, um, home housebound, like bound to their houses and stuff, you know, so, and they don't have the ability to, to travel or anything. So, um, it's really sad and it's, it, it's literally entire generations. I mean, these people tell me like every neighbor, every, every random person I, I talk to has the same exact story. Um, and their parents did and their grandparents did. And, and it's interesting, you know, and I think this absolutely happens in multiple cities, obviously. Yeah. Something uh, that you had mentioned there was the railroad tracks and with it being generational and going back for so long, those, those railroad ties and the chemicals that leach out of the trains into the soil, uh, it causes cancer. So like we, uh, our house before we lived in downtown Chattanooga, had a great little bungalow, unfortunately, super close to the train track. And I mean, real close to the train track. Uh, so we tested the soil. We like to plant and garden could not, um, we couldn't plant there. So we ended up having to, what we did was, we got raised beds and had to have soil trucked in from the country uh, so huh. that we could do our gardens in raised beds safely so that we weren't poisoning the food that we were eating. Uh, because well, I was the... going to say that as well. I cannot grow anything to save my, unless, unless I buy, you know, unless I have potted plants and things. Mm -hmm. And even then I have to take really like do a lot of extra things. I wouldn't normally have to indoors or outdoors or wherever I have them, but we tried to plant herbs in a garden bed outside and the soil was literally too um like too acidic i believe mm -hmm. or maybe um because nothing will grow there um great to see you too greg um thank you for joining us and then hello marcus um so i'm gonna type um tanner if you know any of these words oh no here we go so Oh, that's scary. And then Propec. Propec is a, and this was specific, and it confirmed to me that this is what it was referring to, a property management company. <laughs> in uh wait, where is it the uk yes yes so whoever that sutton coldfield college and town hall in birmingham england so uh 
So that super I... long K one, the catamorphism. Uh-huh. Uh looks like a Yeah, it's the breaking down of rock by chemical or mechanical processes, so get your soil tested. Interesting. Yeah. So that's relevant. It's it's interesting when things are relevant like that. But well, is it the app just listening to what we're saying and then using that to pull a word out of a dictionary? That's that's always like my my mm. thoughts when we're when we're dealing with apps like ghost boxes. If uh, if a voice yes comes through no. there and tells me stuff, then I'm like, cool. But oh, that's where I was going with that. The whole thing <laughs> when it said knee, because I can physically feel a any time this has come on. I have felt a presence before the app has made a notification. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So so I already knew something was there before the app was on. And I'm wondering though, since in the time, you know, over the last few months that I was sick and stuff, um, which is another study altogether, if they use other methods knowing that my intuition isn't as high knowing that i'm not as sharp on my you know interpreting messages and things like that if they're trying to use every resource available <laughs> you know what i mean does does that make sense like yeah any other time it would just come you know come to me click or and, and click uh what's that mean um twitter and united kingdom though there's something something relevant about that. I just got that. Present. Um, present as far as brunching maybe? and consciousness, I was thinking about mimosas, but that's... <laughs> Did you say mimosas? <laughs> yeah, as far as brunching and... Uh, un was that unconscious? I was thinking about mimosas, so that's... <laughs> mimosas a, a demon, right? Mimosas a... God, no, it's a it is a cocktail with um Well, I know what the yeah. drink is, but oh, I'm gotcha. saying that name is also a demon, right? Uh, well, there's a mimosa tree. I read about this a while back. It's I was like, wait, because I kept getting that too. When I went to the Sally house, I was talking about mimosa and then later on one of those books that you're not supposed to read. And mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm one of those like don't tell me how to live my life type people. So uh It's actually, uh, oh my goodness, where did I see that? Um, there's mimosa flower. Uh, I saw something in a cult world. Um, I think this was a username that like, or, or somebody that uh, did some kind of translation. This is one of those old like um, 19, circa 1996 websites. Mimosa was the imitator. Yeah. Yep. But it's also a star. Huh. I didn't know that. Second brightest star in Crux. 
Interesting. See, we're learning something here. Oh yeah, so I think we're on the same page. The uh, uh, what sacred metric of this is why I don't write fantasy. A Brillin the mage mimics. You guys out there listening on the radio are just like, what is happening? Yeah, they're like, what are they taught? Are they? <laughs> Is this English class? Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Did someone have a seizure? Fashion definition. Oh my gosh, it's interesting you say that mm -hmm. because I I started having seizures like probably a few uh, a few weeks ago. Oh God, I'm sorry. Um, old fashioned definition. I don't know why this is relevant, but something that's old fashioned is no longer used, done, or believed by most people. Whoa, huh. that's crazy. Because if you talk about theology and the stars, and this goes back to like the story of Zeus, the actual there. There's something about mimosa being. Uh... An antique telephone, an old fashioned telephone. Well, that's relevant because like the spirit phone, like the spirit phone, you know, that people. Old fashioned, old fashioned, old fashioned's another drink. So is this talking about a bar like. Huh. Lord Dosis? Yoikes? Gram positive? I don't know what any of this means. I know this Tanner's like, what are you? You're crazy, Trish. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm I sitting there like, huh. I, I wonder know. like <laughs> if, if somebody was on the radio and you had a, a ghost who was like, I they're they're like on the other side and they're talking and they're like, hey. I bet you can't get her to summon a demon on the air. They're like, oh, yeah, watch this. And they just push through a bunch of random laughs. Yeah. The They're like, hold my beer. <laughs> They'll say everything. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is relevant, though. Because so. The question of whether another other other dimensions or even a spirit world exists at all has has been a huge part of our reality and and in media and, and journalism and everything over the last about two years, probably since the shutdown, because well, more people started studying it. You know, there's more investigative groups, but. That's the thing people can be and we've talked about this before people can be manipulated very easily very easily which is scary because and and i even have had so much experience in being able to identify when that's happening to myself anyways and and able to stop it or or recognize it um but it still happens to me a lot you know the, for instance um if there's a a malevolent spirit that's trying to mess with me 
I'll be I'll be doing something like I don't know going in and out of a door or something that that I'm coming right back in like I'll walk my dogs or or whatever and I'll catch myself like locking the door from the inside about to close it and lock myself out hmm. and I recognize that it's like like uh, one of those like trickster type just passing through spirits, you know, trying to get me to do something like that. And, um, and sometimes, you know, of course, if I'm tired or whatever, um, things like that do happen and that can be dangerous. And I, and I think I've watched plenty of, of videos and stuff, especially with people having ring cams and, you know, um, security systems and everything else. And you'll see people doing something, you know, like, like breaking into a car or building or whatever. And sometimes you can actually see the spirit manifest in them or outside of them during whatever act or criminal thing they're doing. Mm -hmm. And obviously the person probably doesn't know that that's happening. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm going to see if I can find this video to show you. Um. I, I think absolutely that happens. There have been times uh, going to and from cases that uh, that we've been working where, and this is like, this is one of the reasons that I've stopped talking about the paranormal in in public. Uh, there, we'd be going on on an, on an investigation, or it'd be getting close for me to uh, to go and investigate something where we believe that the family was in danger. Um, that's pretty much the only time that I'll go out and do residential investigations now is if there's a child there, if they're legitimately terrified, uh, even if like, mm -hmm. it's not something that, that is harmful, they're just scared. Um, but there have been times where we've been driving and somebody will step out in front of the car. Nobody was there. Um, and you know, you, you go to, you go to swerve. I live in the mountains. Uh, I'm in Tennessee. We, I, I go up into the Smokies a lot. If you swerve, you're going off of a three or four hundred foot cliff. Um, so, I mean, there are right. just there are times where it, it it does get dangerous, and you you can see things um, trying to manipulate you around certain activities that you're doing. Um, yeah. On a on a lesser note, I mean, there's times where you'll get into the state um, when you're when you're in a state of flow, like you're just you're in the zone, you're doing work. Like it happens uh, with me a lot with the uh, with doing analysis. Uh, so like I'll be sitting and I'll be going through video. I'll be going over uh, stuff from data loggers, just trying to match up environmental fluctuations with, with things that were, that were noticed. And like, I'll just, I'll, I'll be into it. I'll be into it. I'm not paying attention. I'm not paying attention at all. I'll go to pick up a glass uh, of, of water and I'll, um, I'll end up just not paying attention to what I'm doing. Or like, I won't notice that my hand is, you know, about to pour water on the electrical outlet or, or knock something over onto right. um, the keyboard and just completely fry my stuff. Um, it, it's weird. And I'm like, that wasn't me. What the hell was that? Or excuse me, what what was that? Sorry, yeah. radio. But um, and it's uh, it's interesting. It's weird. Yeah, I, I don't know how it works, but I, I do believe that there are certain things out there that manipulate us. Um, where they came from, if it's some ancient being or if it's a ghost or if we completely made it uh ourselves I, I don't know where it came from but yeah uh, yeah I, I think there's some things out there i think uh kind of both because 
many of what we know about energy now and with the living anyways, which is why I think, I think it does need to be studied again on a scientific level because in the, in the 1800s, um, 1800s, early 1900s, psychics and mediums and seances and, and things like that were, were very popular there for a while. And they would do basic things um, like most investigative groups start out with. And, and they would have a medium. They would, they would have seances and, and such. And now, knowing what we know, I believe that things like that, you know, if you have a group of people holding hands sharing their energy and saying make this ball move i believe that is more of the living energy kind of you know it's comparable to like poltergeist activity and stuff because if you have that many people if you have five people sitting around in a group and the medium says what you want it you want a door to open or you want a ball to move or something and you're all thinking that same thought to me that's more the law of you know like the law of attraction like the you're projecting your, uh, I mean, technically it's telekinesis, but it's like group, you know, a collaborative group effort telekinesis. And so, of course, I would expect that to happen, but that doesn't mean it's a spirit. Um, Unless you made one. Uh, if well, you look at right, the, right. This, uh, the Philip experiment, I, I don't know if you, you, how far you've looked into that, but so uh, what was interesting with the Philip experiment was they tried it with the lights on. They tried it in a clinical setting. Uh, basically, they made up a character, and I'm not going to go into detail because there's been so many different characters made and so many different versions of this experiment run. But they um, they basically made a character with a background, tried to believe in it, tried to make the uh, the character basically focused, hyper focused on this uh, on this being that they made up to to make it manifest. And it never worked until they turned the lights off and they started doing. Uh, treating it more like a seance and allowing their imaginations to run away with them and uh, allowing them to get into a state of actual dis uh, was that a, a suspended belief or uh, a place where their 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 belief or their 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 view of reality was a bit uh, a bit more pliable and when they did that and they started making it more like a show, they actually got manifestations. I know in, uh, I think one instance, uh, the, the spirit of Philip actually physically manifested and it would, uh, it would talk and it would, uh, it would tell them certain things or, but the, the thing about the, the communications and they would do like rapping and stuff, uh, where they would, where it would knock on walls in response to questions. But the, what was interesting was the spirit never knew anything outside of what the collective consciousness of the table knew. So if one person uh, knew a historical fact about the same time period as uh, as the spirit, then that uh, that would come that would come through. But if there was a hole or a gap that like nobody at the table knew, like um, well, I mean they were they weren't really history majors, but they. Um, then the spirit itself wouldn't. So it, it didn't exist. Its consciousness didn't exist outside of the experiments. But when they focused, uh, they were able to, to get these incredible manifestations in front of groups of people. Uh, and this has been done a couple of times. So just so everybody knows, and I put this in the chat room too, so you can read it, but you can see it on the screen. I posted a word that I actually got. I took a screenshot of when it was. This was like, five, 10 minutes ago before he Tanner actually started talking about this subject, right? Are you familiar with the, that word? I don't even know how to 
pronounce it right. <laughs> nope. No, it's French. Did you read the <laughs> definition? That's uh, basically yeah. exactly what you just said. Yeah, and that's how the Philip experiment worked. When we go into these haunted locations, when we go in to investigate, there's a lot of times that I believe what we're interacting with is actually ourselves and what we're wanting to see there. Um, teams but, will go in in similar situations to the Philip experiment. We'll get EVPs, we'll get wrapping, we'll get knocking, we'll get things actually showing themselves. But how much of that is just a charged area that's in a in a spot where there's a lot to, to play with? Uh, and then like we're actually imposing our own beliefs of what's going to be there um, onto the environment and, and just, just getting that mirrored back. And uh, hauntings work the same way. Like uh, if uh, you go in with a family, uh, this is something that I've noticed with cases. Uh, we'll, we'll go in. There's a lot of turmoil in the family. There's a lot of stress. There's some fighting. Maybe there's some infidelity. There's, there's some, some pretty deep-seated issues in, in a lot of these hauntings and a lot of these situations we go into. And there's these horrible, violent, scary manifestations and uh, haunting activi activities that are, that are scaring the chi uh, children or scaring the family or somebody in the house. And when we get the family into family therapy we find out we get the truth and get everything out in the open get people taking care of themselves get people going out in the park and getting more sunlight spending more time together as a family and working on their their mental and emotional well-being they might still have manifestations in the house but they're not scary anymore um they're they're more pleasant they're more docile suddenly the demon becomes a friendly ghost uh, i think a lot i think a lot I think of this perception is perception too you it know... could be perception um but that's that's the whole thing our reality is shaped by our perception well, uh right. with these uh with right. these entities i mean yeah there's there's a possibility that a lot of these like they're just scared because the ghost is trying to communicate and they're seeing it mm -hmm. through the the visor of everything's negative everything's bad and they flip right. it and they see it differently but there's been times where like things are physically thrown the the entity itself when we investigate is itself violent and then, I mean, it takes months. It's not an overnight thing. This is months and months and months of, of work on the family. Um, but when we do get a manifestation, it's a, it's a more pleasant uh, EVP, or maybe the, the activity just dies down and goes away um, completely. Uh, it's, and that holds pretty consistently. So I don't know whether there are entities who, you know, you are what you eat, whatever it feeds on, the energy that it feeds on is what it reflects back. Or... Um, if the families themselves are actually causing the manifestations. Well, family, I, I would agree with that family, but it could also be land, house, um, neighborhood, I, I think. Um, that plays a part. Like, I, uh, like, like looking at it, it doesn't happen that way everywhere. There has to be some sort of energy, something that is different about that location that leads to activity being right. possible in the first place. But when I say it's like the family haunting themselves, whatever the energy is there, oh, maybe it is an that. entity. They, it feeds off of it and it mm -hmm. reflects back what it's seeing. Or there's an energy there that's not really a personality. It's 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 not good. It's not bad. It just is. Um, and mm -hmm. the the personality or the uh, the combined focus or the combined exuded energy of a family or a person kind of and this is a super simplified version of it gives it life um to where it takes on a personality so which is interesting um and i agree with that too 
but I think once you, I, I think with this, what, what I'm trying to convey is that once you get past all of that and the scary parts and that you're trying to, you know, the spirits and psychics and demons and everything that's always been portrayed throughout history is, as very occult and negative and everything. But once you get past all that and you know that that's, that's not necessarily the case and you can learn from it. I get information about things happening in the world that I know nothing about. I mean, it could be talking about, what did I get one day? Some sort of fungus living in the ocean on sharks and their migratory habits and all this other stuff. And, and sure, that could be coming from something, but but it wasn't. And I knew it was in the future. And then like three weeks later, this was over the summer, um, on the news, these sharks had washed up on shore somewhere that had this weird fungus that had never been seen. Um, and, and there was a whole storyline to it. You know, so it's not something I was expecting. It's not like I couldn't even pronounce the words. Um, and it's not, and I do the same with automatic writing with no electric, I could be in the middle of nowhere and have a piece of paper, you know, and something would channel through in that, in that manner. But I think things like that, we could, we could actually learn something from, you know, I mean, we could like, I'm getting those messages for a reason to actually perhaps do something about it or, um, you know, maybe it's alerting us to which, which I also disagree in a lot of forms. You know, people ask mediums why, why we don't stop things from happening or, or warn people for certain things. And and I don't think these aren't for that purpose. Like these are more of a knowledge advancement for, for science and, and biology and things like that. You know what I mean? Because it's not, it's not things that would necessarily, it's things that we need to know about that maybe aren't being studied or something, or maybe that haven't even been in existence for however many hundreds of years possibly. But I think that's where the future of paranormal investigation is going and research because I have always said this. I'm like, if you have the ability to talk to anybody who has ever existed, in the past or the future, because timing is fluid. People need to realize that. A lot of times we project ourselves into many situations that probably haven't even happened yet in our reality. And so when you have that ability, why are you asking something to knock on a door? Like ask it something, how the universe works, you know what I mean? Um, but I think that's where this is going, which is interesting. It's like I need a better tool, though, than, you know, what I, mean? yep. like I need a better. Well, like tool, tools and techniques, that's uh, the the future. Everything's, everything's circular, so it's not uh, point A to point B. It's point A, point B, point C. Hey, Raymond. Um, hey, Raymond. And and like then you're back to A. So like when when we started with ghost hunting and we started going in and asking these things to like wrap on walls and stuff, um, that started with us experimenting with mediums, trying to find out what was going on with mediumship and and, and how that worked. That started a hundred years ago. That ran, um, 
that ran pretty serious research uh, into like the 19 teens, the 1920s. Uh, and then it kind of switched, became fringe. And I think it picked back up sometime around the sixties and it just, it ebbs and flows. And we, we go back and forth from looking at ghosts uh, to parapsychologists, which ghost hunters, not ghosts, parapsychologists study how, how paranormal interactions or, or paranormal activity could actually be caused by humans or, or uh, our ability to see. Um, when I say like our perception is everything and our perception is, is our reality. That's not just saying like what you're seeing. That's what you see, what you feel. The, the world around us isn't actually the world as it is. It's the world as our brains have evolved to see it and experience it. When you touch something, you don't ever actually physically touch anything. The, uh, the electrons, right will not allow you to touch and it's a, at a microscopic level and as far as your perception is you're touching that but in reality my hands on my desk right now i'm not actually in physical contact with it um and so, if uh, if your perception allows you to experience time in a non-linear fashion to where suddenly you can see feel touch taste do something that leaves an imprint on you from another time that's interesting is it random is there a way or a tool or technique to really focus that and i mean right now there's not but i don't know i i always thought that was interesting from from like a, a parapsychological point of view uh and and the way that they've studied i've tried to bring a lot of that into uh into my my ghost hunting and and stick true to those roots because the what uh, when it comes to like what we're going to find out and what we're going to be able to do as ghost hunters or as paranormal investigators has more to do with our senses and how we feel as humans than it does any electronic device that, that we take out in the field oh absolutely brian says oh yo yo i won't say how how rude i have not been a stranger <laughs> i've been like off the grid for everyone um so an interesting thing that I've been thinking about when today, actually, in the last few days, as you were saying that, um, because it's come up a lot on weird, um, you know, when I like overheard conversations at work today or on TV or, or whatever, but um, What if, when you were saying when we touch something, you know, we're not actually touching it. And if you get into the science of cells and, and cellular, cellular structure and atoms and everything else, um, I was thinking about in mythology and it, even in anything supernatural, anything, uh, even going back to like hieroglyphics or cave drawings or whatever, they're talking about sirens um or mythological creatures that or like shapeshifters or or skinwalkers or anything so and it was the story about the horse that um you know comes out of the out of the sea and people get entranced and and like charmed and follow it back in and to their death right um but what if all of these negative things, these shapeshifters, what if anyone can do that? What if we all can do that? We don't know it because I realized in one of my, my near death or 
many of them, or maybe some of my astral travel or something. Somewhere in between there, collectively in my own life, I realized that every time we do that, uh, we lose parts. I don't want to say, well, yes, I want to say our souls become kind of fractured and or not fractured. Well, that's kind of a good way because it does split up, but like fragmented in different areas. Like we leave part of that there. We leave part of it's our energy. You know, we leave part of that everywhere we go and energy never goes away. So what if shapeshifters, because there's negative ones and there's positive ones throughout history and mythology and stuff, you know, you have unicorns who are supposed to be good, but then you have you have bad ones, you know, like the, the, the horses that draw you to the sea to die. But what if all of that, you know, we also know that we project how we want other people to see us mentally, physically, energetically. If you oh, think absolutely. you're invisible, then you will become that way to everyone else. If you think you're confident, if you think you're whatever it is. So in that sense, if we can change our cellular structure, imagine at a higher level of consciousness being able to saying, I want to be a unicorn today. And that's how you project yourself. You literally could change. D does that make sense? What I'm trying, I don't know how I'm trying no, to No, yeah, it does. It like there's a, um... like, this at a much lower level, like uh, when I go into a sales meeting, when I go in to negotiate anything for, for a platform or I am pitching like some sort of at work, like some sort of uh, uh, campaign or something that we're going to do, um, I, I, I visualize myself super positive. I, right. uh, I, I make myself a bit bigger. I'm, you know, a bunch of alpha males that I'm usually pitching to. So like I take up as much room as possible. And and when I start talking and when I'm in charge, I am in charge and I am projecting that vibe of um, shut up and listen to me. I'm in charge. Um, so, and, and on the flip side of that, when I need to listen or someone is uncomfortable and I need to, I need to talk to them, I'll make myself a lot smaller. I'll make my voice a little softer, a little lighter. I'll, uh, and I'll, I'll concentrate on making that person feel, um, more comfortable and if you were to ask that person who is in the the sales meeting with me what i look like and you ask and we've done this i did uh private investigations for 15 years i did this when i was working undercover i did this when i was doing um investigations where i needed to interview multiple people that i knew did not want to talk to me if you asked one person what i looked like and asked another person what i looked like they described totally different people Oh, yeah, um, because you yeah, physically, just physical appearance, they would describe completely different looking people. So it's I just interesting. I had that how... conversation with someone about religion earlier. Hmm. Interesting. Because he said, um, you know, he didn't know what paganism was and had Googled it and everything. And and uh, and this was a very reputable, very intelligent, um, retired um psychologist actually and um he he said he came up with multiple different sources that said it was this or that and i'm like well it depends on what part of the world and where that information's coming from um because technically to like in my opinion there's billions of religions in the world because everybody has their 
their own perspective perspective, whether even if you're, you know, in Christianity, everybody's perspective of the Bible is different. Everyone's um, for, furthermore, like in our in the US opposed to Europe or Asia or anywhere else, everything's different as well. Brian and I talked yeah. about that one time. He's like, well, the way history is taught in America opposed to Canadian schools, right? It's completely opposite based on perspective. Well, like, look at the, I don't know if you've read this or watched the TV show, but uh, Neil Gaiman's um, American Gods. There's, uh, there's one part in there, and I love it. There's uh, 15 billion different Jesuses at this one house. Uh, basically, uh, gods are created from the beliefs of, of man, so, um, and, and they're trying to revamp themselves. There's like a god of Wi-Fi, a god of uh, publicity. Um, goddess of spring which actually she was the goddess of spring and then so many different jesuses well it's like um, nowadays everyone's the chosen one yeah everybody was a few years ago was mary magdalene like reborn <laughs> joan of but arc like back when i was a kid that was right a if we're all one in that concept that everything is connected you know everything we're everybody we're everything all at once which is completely mind-blowing and almost incomprehensible for the human to mind to wrap itself around but i the more i research these things the more i study and go back and forth about it i everything because i was doing recent bigfoot studies that that showed the one dna they came up with in the north western part of the u.s wasn't anything that's been discovered before but it was partially from very, very, very old DNA, um, almost like caveman era. A combination of that and a modern human DNA. So that would be time travel for interbreeding. That would mean that which there's been tons of cases you know these women have said that a big you know sasquatch abducted me and kept me for a month at their camp and they come back and people always thought they were crazy like i went back through newspaper archives that have probably been forgotten you know um and they say things like that but then i'm like that would be an incredible concept like what if a bigfoot from the past absolutely knew how to project into the future and here we think they were dumb, you know, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like what, you know, that's the whole end is the beginning, beginning or the beginning is the end. The end is the beginning type concept. Like what if to preserve their own race as well, they did absolutely, um, you know, on portal days, those, those dimensions cross and they abduct a woman from the future or a man how, however it goes the, mm -hmm. i mean i guess a female bigfoot could you know abduct a man or whatever bred with them release them but that dna would be the perfect combination of past illnesses and and weaknesses and everything else and future which is a crazy i know most people are going to be like what is she talking about like that is me but I mean, yeah, uh, it 
temporal anomalies and, and things like people going into a situation, being in there for hours and coming back out and realizing that the, according to their clock and the people that they were with, they were gone for 10 minutes. Um, there was a, a situation that I was in uh, several years ago. It was one of the first things that I did uh, was at a location. There was a time slip. It was um, it was dark outside and then suddenly it was daylight. There were these guys walking around and it was at a school. Um, I saw them working on parts of the school. Uh, and then it flipped again and we, it was back and it was, it was nighttime. Um, mm -hmm. we physically touched that physically interacted with the, the people that were there physically interacted with the, the, the things that were around. It was more than just, more than just seeing stuff. And the, the other guy that was there with me saw, saw the same or something similar because he was in a different part of the part of the school. But when it happens, like I, it's it's super interesting. There's a there's another part uh, place that I went. Um, they have photographs in this mirror, and like so, every once in a while they take photographs. It's this place down in Savannah, um, and somebody will be standing in the mirror, mm -hmm. but it's not somebody that's there. Three four days later, next week, that person will walk through the lobby, exact same shirt, coming through. Uh, maybe the mirror caught them coming through the door, and you'll look on the security camera, and it's the same shirt, same pose, and everything coming through the door. Those those temporal anomalies are amazing. Now, if yeah. something like Bigfoot, uh, if something that was more in tune with nature, in tune with how things actually work, figured that stuff out and was able to move around, I think that I think that would explain a lot uh, about why they're not being found. And, you know, when someone is abducted or when someone has an experience with a cryptid, when someone has an experience with something, why is time so weird? Why are spatial anomalies, why are temporal anomalies so common around cryptid sightings? Well, because they um, yeah. can only travel during those times, during those alignments. Um, other, otherwise, they get stuck. It's it's like, okay, imagine like if you have, uh, I, I think of those bridges that are on timers, you know, mm -hmm. that raise for the barges and rivers. Um, but if you... If you're planning on going over that bridge and you don't make it, you know, obviously on time, then you're stuck there for another, you know, till it lowers again, right? It could be, I don't know how long they take. <laughs> I guess if it's a big one, it could take a long time. So that's how I've, they've always shown me uh, the bridge between, it's not between dimensions. It's it's not between worlds because it's all the same. It's all the same world. It's all the same dimension. It's just different, different times. So, but you're stuck. Absolutely. If um, I have absolutely experienced, not even on purpose, um, being stuck in a different, different, I thought it was a different dimension because everything was so different, but in hindsight now, because a lot of those things have happened and then, you know, it was in the future um, by accident. And I had another theory today about, I, I think that's what I'm saying. I think we've been doing this since the beginning of time unknowingly without realizing it. Like you said, like deja vu and stuff. I, I absolutely, and, and dreaming of things that we've never, they've never happened. Or, or like I said, how else could a monster manifest in my life that I've never thought about, never seen on TV, never, or even as a child, you know, things like that. I think it's all us. I think aliens are us. I think, I think all of it is us. 
in a different time through advancements or, or whatever, you know. Um, I also had a thought that what if that contributes to things like Alzheimer's and stuff? What if by time jumping so much? Because, well, one, you would lose your being here on this this planet would be fragmented um and it would become very confusing and um i think cause things like that maybe yeah i mean fra uh, fragmentation of of personality or 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 of a person it, it's something that we associate with trauma someone fracturing it it's uh like a deep feeling of something being missing um and, and in times of stress where we know that where we have repeat hauntings we know a large piece uh, and a large uh there was a large exertion of emotion and energy in that area to get that event to imprint um right. with well, i say we know we we think um but like when like when we pass when we die if part of us is left is it one single personality that's held together or you know a lot of our personality and how we regulate emotion is controlled by physical aspects of our brain the shapes of our brain the hormones mm -hmm. uh, the, the way things move that's gone so the right. way that we used to regulate emotion is gone because it was regulated primarily by hormones um so when when we do pass over if part of us does survive and, and move on how much of us is left and how much of us is left intact um the places where we go and where we we think there's like multiple spirits and i know i'm jumping between theories here but where we think there's like multiple spirits what if it's just one but it's like the lighter side of the person's personality manifesting here the darker side manifesting here or we do something that triggers it getting mad uh and it cannot control or regulate itself and the way that it controls and regulates itself is to split off into those different uh different entities or, or different manifestations uh same thing with ghosts being seen the the same place like the uh, magnet theory and witchcraft i'm not familiar with that um dolores cannon also just explained it with uh demonic possessions as well not that what i was referring to in witchcraft has has I wasn't referring to that in the same sense, but um, she said that sometimes these entities are attracted to certain people or locations or whatever and affect them in a way by cause and effect by literally the different the different frequency reaction unintentionally, sometimes unknowingly because not all of them are even intelligent entities in that aspect you know what i mean like it's not an intentional interaction they're just attracted to that like a magnet um and they get caught up in that by you know by default basically um time and time travel and intentionally could have the same effect because i've always said this about witches too which goes back to your fragmentation theory like which is where I don't, I think the perception was always bad because I'm always around people and, and disasters and everything, because if I'm not conscientious of it, I'm attracted to that 
not on purpose. I'm, I, you know, and I started thinking about this. I was like, I'm like Mothman. Shit, here I am. Like, <laughs> I'll meet a perfect stranger in public and then they'll die, you know, in a car accident. Something I had nothing to do with. I didn't even know the person. I didn't have any opinion. One, you know, I was completely, I might have been standing next to him at a concert. Or, it, it is not like, I was like, is it me? Is it? And I started doing, you know, I was, I was researching this and I'm like, no, it is the same throughout history. Some have been called angels. Some have been called demons. Some have been called witches. Some have been called Mothman, Valkyries that, that you know, assisted warriors to battle, um, healers. I, I mean, good and bad based on perception. But maybe they had nothing to do with it. They were just in the vicinity. You know, you know what I mean? Because they're attracted to that. Mm -hmm. Um it was guilt by associate, like, like literally they got blamed because <laughs> they were always there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, that's a uh, Mothman. That's, that's a huge theory right. with, with Mothman is he didn't cause it. He's not prophesying. He's a harbinger because he's attracted to that yeah. specific type of energy. That's a, that's around an event like that. Yeah. It's like dating. I mean, oh uh, do you, yes. do you, you keep going from garbage relationship and garbage relationship. You're you're yes. attracted to certain qualities and certain types of energy, and it's just it's going to happen until well, as people we consciously change it, but that's a whole other type of podcast. Type uh, yes, no, because I think that I think that a lot of things, even if we change them in our present time, mm -hmm. present, there are still things that now we know from past lives or bloodlines or whatever that we also. It could have been my ancestors attracting this type of person or place or thing or whatever. And I'm having to overcome all of that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like people saying, well, why doesn't this specific de demonic entity affect you, Tricia? Well, it's because I've already conquered that one at some point in my life. It's literally like a vid video game. Like I've already leveled, like I passed that level, you know, and then there's others that, that, that other people, um, I encounter have that I haven't and, and vice versa, you know? And, and so, but, but with the witch theory, we were always burned, right? I have <laughs> dreams and memories per se of other lifetimes. And I, I, I mean, from the time I was like two or three and could talk, I would talk about being dying in fires in numerous different bodies. So I was different people. Now, whether all of those were my past lives or again a kind of collective um memory of who knows maybe family members maybe past um coven member who who knows you know whatever it was but regardless i had those memories and i would picture my being and my soul and everything um splitting up and and going you know like literally spreading all over the world because in especially in native culture um the wind carries everything and the mm -hmm. water and so ash you know even in in viking um old viking burials and things like that um they they burn them and so but ash is very healing wood ash is healing to to many things um and it's a circle of life, but it spreads all over, you know, via the wind or the water, or wherever you scatter ashes or, or however that works. Well, in the paranormal field with wraiths, 
if their body is moved, I thought about this with like mummies and stuff too, you know, being transported all over the world in museums, basically going on tour. Okay, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, are we unleashing, as you said, are we literally unknowingly like summoning demons and stuff, you know, cursing ourselves all over again, all over the world? Because what if those, what if the pyramids weren't, weren't tombs, they were like prisons, you know what I mean? And like you, you release something and take it all over the world. And it's just like me traveling all over, even living, I spread my energy all every, everything I've ever touched. And so with the ashes or with, with bodies, with, uh, cadavers, anything like that, body parts, you know, you talk about human organ transfer, transplant, um, that carries on to the next person. So wraith entities uh, are, the, are said to be the ones that aren't at peace because they go, they try to find uh, their last resting place, correct? So uh, they I, haunt, they go on this vengeance, like haunt everything, trying to find their body, quite literally. I've, I've heard those stories. So I, uh, when it comes to lore, uh, so I, I look into, I look at the hauntings. I don't do a lot of studying lore in putting it into investigations. As a horror writer, I do, because I, I look for inspiration there. And I, I have heard those stories, those uh, uh, old folk tales of, people whose uh, bodies were desecrated or moved and mm -hmm. vengeful, wraithful spirits trying to find or trying to, uh, to put their bodies to rest. Uh, you get that a lot with uh, also murder victims whose, whose bodies have never been found and properly, yeah. uh, properly buried. Um, but, and that's a common thing that pops up in, in horror stories. I haven't pop, uh, personally investigated one of those. Um, it's it's not one that you <laughs> that you would come by unless you were in some sort of like Hollywood situation where there was like a serial killer house or something. Uh, actually, the book I'm writing right now. But <laughs> if there's a see, I haven't, yeah. I haven't, and that's why I was asking you. I haven't <laughs> researched any of that. That has been accumulative messages I have been given or my own experiences. Mm -hmm. um, I well, don't see, know. What's interesting is like what you were talking about a second ago with um, memories that could have been from from the past. Mm -hmm. um, so and uh, if you get a chance, Stephen Graham Jones has a great book called Only Good Indians, but uh, he touches on this. So there's uh, there are deer and elk and other animals that know to stay away from areas that are known for hunters. These uh, animals, as they migrate through the area, um, are generations behind wherever the hunting or the Know, what know, where, where the predators are in the area which were the predators um, but they'll know to stay away from those areas instinctually there's a, almost a genetic memory that tells them to stay away um, from the areas where past um, past generations have been wiped out or past generations have hmm. been have been slaughtered in hunts uh, and they'll they'll instinctually stay away we're animals we have that too uh, my uh, my family I'm descendant from a warrior clan and we basically, took possession of land and we took possession of a river and we killed anything that came near it. Um, we went from that to being high women and pirates and that's uh, genetically, I'm very territorial and I have to actively push myself back from that, uh, specifically about land. Um, uh, very, 
very in, and that could just be a southern thing but um that's that's my clan that's where that's where i came from that's in uh in scotland uh, well and people we you can find out a lot about your past lives and where you came from by by where you visited in this in your present life i've learned um but it's interesting you say that about the you know i i i know the native background and, and a lot of the the celtic and and stuff of, of an elk so a few years ago when i lived in manhattan kansas i didn't know about any of this i i wasn't sure i i communicated with spirits but this was before i embraced all that i was terrified of it still and but all this stuff it was uh before i had another heart attack and i was in a cemetery and saw a headstone that said stag and then all of a sudden up the hill there was this giant deer which you know stag okay um and i have pictures of it that right after that there was an entire there was i don't know probably eight of them that came out of the forest right by the cemetery and started surrounding me and just and, and so i you know i was like okay you know i've kind of communicated with animals probably all my life so that's that's not what was uh interesting about it but um they met me there almost every day and um for a while and then all of a sudden one day and they said dodge the hunter they kept saying every time I left the cemetery, they said, dodge the hunter. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I don't hunt. Are they talking about like witch hunters? Like, are they talking about, you know, whatever? Okay. Um, it was a few weeks later. Um, I, you know, back then I, I was Christian. I was coming home from church and it said, I, I got a message in, intuitively or like I, I heard, um foreigner in town but i knew it didn't it wasn't referring to foreigner as in um someone from another country it meant something from another dimension or planet or or whatever and i saw a dead deer like a deer that had just been hit on the side of the road and so i was like automatically you know my instinct i was like Oh, okay, that that's bad. Like, because all these all this scenario had played out, you know, Dodge the Hunter and the deer had been surrounding me and stag and all of this. And there was also another, there was another headstone that said um Freya, which obviously now I know back then I I had no idea what Freya meant, or like that was um any type of mythology or historical name or anything, you know. And um so so i saw the dead the dead deer and then i saw a field of they were crows not ravens crows they didn't look like normal crows these were like enormous and almost robotic and there were thousands of them thousands um and that's when um and, and i talked about this for the first time ever on um the outer realm but that's when i saw one of the biggest it was literally like uh the invasion of what was that independence day um that's the only you know movie i've ever seen related to ufos or anything when i was younger 
Um, but that's what reminded me of like a giant spacecraft over, over Manhattan. And there were just crows everywhere. And I'm like, okay, crows. And, you know, I know, I know like with Odin and the, the history behind that, they send in the crow or like, well, it wasn't crows, right? It was ravens with Odin that collected the souls of the dead after a battle. And that's all I kept thinking. And I'm like, they're, they're taking these people's souls. And then, and I, I was wearing this shirt at the time, which I, I was wearing around Halloween on my show here that said, I love zombies, which is funny. Cause I'm like, wow, wow. And that's when I thought I was stuck in the future when all of that happened. But that's about the deer. And it was just like a few days ago, my son, um, I was washing my, my comforter on my bed, um, but it got late and I was like, man, I don't want to want to wait for that or anything my son gave me his blanket that has a giant a deer on it a giant deer like that covers my whole bed <laughs> that's awesome. so thank you tanner i'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight <laughs> <laughs> oh my god now the last uh, the last encounter i had with deer i was out for a trail run about two weeks ago and uh there's a animal uh preserve and so i was running i got lost um and it, so okay this is kind of interesting so i get lost uh, and the sun's going down, and there are very large cats uh, that hunt back there. There's uh, a lot of you know nighttime predators. So I'm like, okay, I have no idea how far away I'm from my car. I think I'm going back over to the ridge. I don't know where I am, and I'm running these uh, running uh, running the trails. And uh, just out of nowhere, I look over at the side. I'm like, I'm like nature, whatever, just help me get out of here. And I, I happen to look over and I see something white and square and just this perfect random piece of paper that was laying in an area that I had just gone through and circled back. Uh, and I pick it up and it's a map of the area that I'm in uh, from the ranger station. Perfect, pristine. I'm like, cool. If I can find Ask a trail marker, you shall receive. <laughs> yeah. It's like if I find a trail marker, I can get out of here. Um, so I just kept running and I got to this. Uh, one spot and these these deer were coming through and so like there's these two baby deer and i'm like oh that's adorable where's mom and so like then she jumps out and squares up um and i'm like okay cool i'm just gonna stand here i'm not gonna move you're cool i'm cool this is we're all cool and i'm like as long as i don't move and do anything stupid she she'll be fine and if you're laughing these are 200 pound animals <laughs> No, they can be a brutal. Like, yeah, they they'll stand up on their hind legs, and literally, it's almost like boxing. It, I mean, it'll they... cut you. I mean, they're sharp. Yeah. The, the, I'm like, she's not going to bother me if I don't do anything stupid. And then the tree behind her starts moving, and I realize that it's not a tree; it is a massive male, uh, a stag. And I'm like, he will. Uh, oh yeah, so... they get very, very <laughs> It's like, so... all right, so. Uh, I uh, I just kind of pick up a stick and start I start walking backwards, and uh, and I let them pass. He stayed there forever. So like the the kids went, the female went off into the woods. She actually circled back and took a look at me and and took off. He never moved. He just stood there like staring me down until they left. And uh, I kept trying to get up and go around, and he would just be there. And I'm like, listen. I finally just said it out loud. I'm like, listen, not gonna hurt you. I'm not interested in you at all. I just want to get to my car before the sun gets and it's getting dark dark i was like what day I wanna, was this was this on tuesday by any uh, chance i want to say this was what did i do tuesday no tuesday was my waiting day um this was i want to say a s sunday 
It was a Sunday. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, be- not worse. I mean, it's it's amazing, actually, um, and profound because if you know the story, um, I was ta- you know I was talking about paganism being one of the oldest religions there is, um, aside from Hinduism, and so at the changing of the seasons uh, after Samhain, which October 31st. And, you know, it kind of goes along with, with the days of the dead and such, you know, the veils thinner these two months and everything. But, but regardless of that, you go from changing from the light part of the year to the dark part of the year. And there's an entire story about the Oak King and the Holly King. And one is represented as a, um, as a stag, as, as a deer, um, that presents itself. But then you should also research um, at this time of the year, there's a white, well, it, it appears to some people as all white uh, or like sometimes semi trans transparent or like translucent, um, a giant um, stag in the forest. And when that appears to someone on their journey, especially in shamanic beliefs, um, it's very, it's very symbolic, actually. So that's something to, to check into because it, it correlates exactly with the day and the lunar eclipse energy and everything. Interesting. I'll, I'll have to yeah. check that out. Um, what would that symbolize? Uh, let me, let me thank for you. camouflage and and transparent um your path your your map your log book why do i why did i say log book i log all my runs i mean that's uh, I I train for athletic events, so like I have a I have a log book. Uh, it's a digital log book now, but I I, I let trace every run, every workout that I do to. Forest Road, um, your camping, uh, like your your power, your why why do I keep getting. Huh. That's um, and map obviously map you you found the map. Something relevant about where you found. Oh God, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just found these and I didn't realize. So when I sat down, I just brought them to my desk when I started the show. This is. Oh gosh. Oh, cool. Hard. 
Yes. Yes. I'm like, what could that mean? And it's like, uh, look down, Trish. Gosh, what are you doing right now? Inspiring animals. Oh, there's a giant deer on the front. This is by Maya Toll. Gosh, I feel really, cool. I'm serious. This is why I need extra help lately from spirits and, and tools because I'm like the worst. I'm like that, the worst witch. Have you seen that show? Uh, because I think <laughs> like it's literally right in front of me. Okay, let me think about this. No, no. These are my favorite like such special, special cards for me. So the fact that it wants me to, something's relevant. They have, this is probably, I don't know if you could see. It's like gold. Um, Those are gorgeous. Yeah, they're so pretty. I, I never use them for any, like they're very special to me. Ooh, there's, there's one. River Otter. So, so I don't know what these, did you see any otters? But I was thinking of rainbows. Um, yeah, Not the my, illustrations uh, goes on these. I'm sorry? Oh, we have a, like a, a season pass membership to the aquarium here. My, my son loves to go and just hang out with the otters all day. I'm looking up... Uh... I love talking to you, Tanner. I always learn new things that I should be paying <laughs> Thank attention you, to, apparently. I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm not familiar with these. Um... Oh, camouflage. Okay, first of all, I'm going to read you because I just saw Tam camouflage is what i was saying energetic camouflage okay hold on so river otter um this fashionista of the waterways stays warm in her plush fur coat and by wriggling and squiggling generating heat with her ridiculously high metabolism like i said have to do with running right river otters uh, inner fires fueled by constant snacking on crayfish and crabs the cynical might say she's joyful because she gets to eat all day and not gain an ounce but river otter knows that when you're lit from within, life provides endless amusement. Take that muddy riverbank, for instance. River Otter says, I see a water slide. Do you see it? River Otter reminds you to actively look for joy. She knows it's there waiting to be found. Now, while flipping through, I said, I had, I had said camouflage um, because the deer it was behind the one the female you're referring to was camouflage right the, the big one that's that's what oh I yeah kept totally yeah so a few pages before is the refers to the red fox it's uh in ritual energetic camouflage is what it says foxes at home slinking down a suburban street or running in the cornfields <laughs> Um, easily shapeshifts her exterior to blend into her environment. You can too. Energy follows intention. So begin reworking your energy signature by thinking about what's making you stand out from the background energetic pattern. Are you moving too fast or too slow? Are you being too loud or too quiet? Are you projecting meekness or confidence? To energetically camouflage yourself, you need to vibrate at the same frequency as the world around you, aligning energetically with your surroundings. 
shape-shifting begins with changing your energy. Then you'll change the way you move your body to align with that new energy. We've talked about this before, haven't we? I said you have to, like mm -hmm. when I go into a haunted place, people, in, in, investigator, investigators, oh, throat shocker, um, <laughs> have to understand that mediums have to literally lower our frequency to meet the energy of whatever we're trying to communicate. So with you, in order to feel more seen or resonate more with the animals in the forest, you mm -hmm. need to match your frequency um, with that. And I think you were doing that at the time because they didn't hurt you and, and you found the map because you were in the flow, you were, you were in that frequency, right? Um, so, focus on the energy you're projecting and shift it with intention. If you're moving too fast, consciously decide to slow down. If you're being too meek, consciously decide to project confidence. This simple shift begins your energetic camouflage. Deepen the illusion by feeling into the energy you've donned and letting your body move in sync with it. Play with energetic camouflage when you don't need it. So you've mastered this ritual for the times when you do. Oh, I lost him. <laughs> so on that note, that's so interesting that right when I said that, um, he disappeared, which goes back to what we were talking about, um, the predator and prey concept of being camouflaged and, and me saying, I think it's, it's all an illusion. You know, you, who, I, I don't know. It just says Facebook user. Whoever said Tanner used to be part of Children of the Corn. That's what they did. They they literally came out of the cornfields and blended into the corn. I live in Kansas. So that's a huge... I have stories about that. Um, but yes, that's... We will end on that note. I can't believe we, we actually went two and a half hours. So I'm over on my time. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, this will be re-uploaded, re I guess, on all of your major podcasts. Thank you again for um, Carnation for sponsoring me. Um, and I'm going to get, I'm going to research more into this. And I'm probably going to use these cards more because they're beautiful. And I actually, this is the first time you all have ever seen me do any type of live reading, any type of... Um, spiritual anything as far as live um spirit communication on the air so um i don't do it often but apparently i should more because there, there's things that are right in front of me that I, have, I haven't been paying attention to so good night everyone i hope everyone's safe and we will see you next week <laughs>